Again, I want to appreciate all of you that have, are in the military or have been in the military as veterans. Would you stand at this time? We just want to appreciate you. Let's give them a hand. It's funny because just just being in that ceremony and, and one of the uh, chaplains in full, you know how the Navy has the full white uniform and he came up to say the invocation and the benediction. And during the benediction, the military band actually was playing. So it kind of was patriotic, the prayer, you know. Bom, 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 you know, and it's, dear Heavenly Father. And I thought, boy, that'd be cool. <laughs> so after the ceremony, Rich says, you know, in, in two years, somebody else, I will step down and somebody else will take the position. So get ready, in two years, you'll be praying during the time. And no. He said, yeah. No. Yeah. Okay, I'll start working on it right now. <laughs> I, can, I can see the day when the military band is playing. They might have the longest prayer in the United States history right then. <laughs> I might come under the anointing and just preach a prayer. You know what I mean? So this morning, you know, when we think of Memorial Day, it, it's, it's, a, it's a day that falls at the end of May. And, and I begin to look at this because it really is a day that we begin to, or we're asked to remember. And, and the other holiday that we're asked to remember is Thanksgiving. And when you think about it, Thanksgiving is in November and, and Memorial Day is in May. And it's amazing how it's almost evenly dispersed throughout the year. And I begin to think that because, you know, a lot of times we get so busy in life, if there's not a ceremony that we can just slow down and say, why are we celebrating this? We tend to just blow through the year and we aren't thankful for what has been given to us in our life. We begin to only focus on the things that we don't have. Anybody? Anybody except me do that? And so it's amazing that we as a country have a lot of, you know, holidays or you could say festivals. If, if it's another country, we, we don't have festivals because somehow we think we have to wear short pants and little overalls and, you know, whatever. But that festivals. But when you think about it, God has really a, a celebrating God. When you look at the, all the ceremonies and, and celebrations and festivals that went through the Bible, the, the, the times of remembering, you know, what God has done in their life. And, and they could just go, you know what, we're not going to work this day. And we're just going to take this day to, to remember. Because what happens is a lot of times you'll hear it be saying, and then you go, oh, maybe that, that's true. Maybe in your life, I know that sometimes in my life I'll say, yeah. That we're either going into a storm, or we're in a storm, or we're just coming out of a storm. There's a lot of times that we feel like life is a full of storms and sometimes if we don't realize it's not how hard that we can hit, but how hard we can be hit and keep going. And as believers and, and part of the family of God and, and we're believing that God is who He is and He can do what He says He can do, we have to stop and realize that the Word of God, we can open it up and be equipped to face some of these things that we go through in our lives if we're just understanding that God has made it all available for us. Now, this morning, the, the sermon is entitled, Remember. 
And the truth that I want you to get today, the revelation that can be transforming in a person's life, is the discipline of remembering. I believe that it's an important spiritual truth that is so many times overlooked in a person that is a believer that never really realizes that it's part of maturing in Christ. And in the journey that we walk, that we have to realize that there's a discipline. Now, someone can motivate you to remember and you get all excited for a short period of time. And that's what motivation does. It can motivate you. You can get excited. But there's something about a discipline. A discipline of remembering is what I want to talk about today. Today I've chosen an example. I have the, the Word of God as our example. is the Word of God as God has told us that the people in the Bible are our examples. And so this morning, Psalms uh, chapter 77, if you'll turn in your iPhones to that. Here's a chapter in, in the psalmist. And, and you, as you do, as you read through the Psalms, you realize that they're very transparent. Some of them, most of them, if not all of them, are songs. And this Psalms really begins to be very obvious of where the person writing it is. It starts out like this. He's in despair. Now, see how long it takes for you to figure that he's in despair. That he spends sleepless nights and he's overwhelmed. He's longing for God to come and rescue him. And we're going to see because it... In, in a part of it, it'll have six big questions of despair. So let, let's go ahead and read that real quick. Psalm 77 says this, I cried out to God for help. Any, anybody know that he's in despair at that point? Has anybody else beside me been in that spot before? Okay. All the humble people have raised your hands. Anybody else? Confession is good for the soul. I cried out to God for help. I cried out to God to hear me. When I was in distress, I sought the Lord. At night I stretched out untiring hands and I would not be comforted. Again, as I read this, have you been in this spot? Maybe you're there right now. I remember you, God, and I groaned. I meditated and my spirit grew faint. You kept my eyes from closing. He's even blaming God for sleep, not, or not being able to sleep. I was too troubled to speak. Verse 5 says, I thought about the former days, the years of long ago. I remembered my songs in the night. My heart meditated, and in my spirit I asked. Now here's the six questions. Maybe you've asked them. Will the Lord reject forever? Will He never show His favor again? Has His unfailing love vanished forever? Has His promise failed for all time? Has God forgotten to be merciful? Has He in His anger withheld His compassion? Now watch, there is a turning point, a pivotal point that He gets to, that I'm going to encourage you to get to. But again, I want you to see it in the Scripture because He's in despair and he's going to make a conscious choice to do something. This isn't an involuntary body function that you just do it. It does not come natural, even if you're a believer. But he's going to make a choice. He's going to put some thought to it. And it says this in verse 11. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. 
Now, that sounds so easy until you're in the middle of the storm and everything is yelling at you, God is not for you. Some of you are right there right now, and let me tell you, you can get all red in the face, God, where are you? Pastor, how do you know me? Is that me? Some of you are right there right now. And when I say what he said in verse 11, I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pastor, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the deeds of the Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And see, if we're not careful, we begin to put up a, a, a block, a wall of allowing God to come in and break that. Now watch. He says this. I will remember the deeds of the Lord. Yes, I will remember your miracles a long ago. Now this is a conscious choice. I will consider all your works, and here's so important, and meditate on all your mighty deeds. Meditation isn't something that happens over two minutes. It's a constant thing. I'm meditating on all the good things, God, that you've done in my life. Your ways, God, are holy. What God is as great as our God? You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the peoples. When your mighty arm, with your mighty arm, you redeem your people. Redeeming is to buy back what was taken away or devalued. You will redeem your people, the descendants of Jacob and Joseph. Now watch, in verse 16 through 20, the rest of the chapter, he just begins to give an example that he recalls in his mind that he begins to base what he's saying before this on. Listen to what he says in verse 16. The water saw you, God. The water saw you and writhered. They were, the depths were convulsed. The clouds poured down water. The heavens resounded with thunder. Your arrows flashed back and forth. Your thunder was heard in the whirlwind. Your lightning lit up the world. The earth trembled and quaked. Your path led through the sea, your way through the mighty waters, through the footprints, through your footprints, though your footprints were not seen. You led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. What he is doing is he's recalling when Moses led the people in a time of a storm when the Egyptians were coming down upon them and all they could do is say, Where are you, God? And God told His people, told Moses, get going. Watch me deliver my people. So the psalmist again is beginning to think to himself and begins to recall and he begins to see how God provided for the people of long ago through Moses. This is a discipline. He's feeling desperate. Or you could say he's in the pit of desperation and he's saying, how can I even sleep? How can I? Now we don't even know what he's going through. But that's okay. Because really, if you fill in the blank with what you're going through, this applies exactly. Maybe there's something in your life or maybe someone's speaking to you in your life that seems like there's desperation that you don't know how it's going to happen and you've stood by faith and when all you can do is stand, you said, God, I'm going to stand some more and you begin to sing the song, I'm confident in your promises. But there, there's something in you that goes, God, God, are, are you there? 
And so the psalmist, we see him in, in a point of frustration and in desperation. He's crying out, but he makes a choice. When you begin to see frustration and wonder where God is, that is most of the time, listen to me, most of the time, an emotion that is happening because you're not thankful for where you're at at that moment. This morning I want to show a video again to kind of, instead of me saying it, I want you to kind of see it from a different angle. Will you watch this video? I'm going to summarize that video real quick. The guy starts out by saying, God, I'm having trouble being thankful for something or what am I thankful for? And he goes through just a normal day and it points out that he gets up and he, he takes a shower and it says, we have running water with hot and cold water. And it, he goes to work and all the things that he goes through, most of us have a car, most of us have a place to stay, most of us don't fear security-wise, most of us never have that problem. And then he comes again to the end of the day and he says, after all those things that he's gone through that has been a blessing, he still doesn't know what to be thankful for. And so this morning, just as that video was going to play to give you a different perspective, hopefully you can imagine in your own life of all the things that happen during your day that is a blessing. That so many times that we take for granted. And so this morning I want you to see that the discipline of remembering begins to change your focus. It begins to change your focus of complaining and griping and whining about all the things that we don't have and puts it in the most important place of being thankful for what God has done in our life. And it gets us to the place that we begin to answer those questions like he does. Has the Lord rejected me forever? Will he never again be kind to me? Is his unfailing love gone forever? Has the promises permanently failed? Has God forgotten to be gracious and compassionate? All those things that he says that a lot of us have been guilty of saying, when we begin to meditate on the things that God has blessed us and the things of long ago, we begin to come to the conclusion that God is a good God and He has us in mind every day of our life. Do you know that when we begin to walk in that thankfulness and we begin to remember what He's done, not to live in the past, did you hear me? Not to live in the past, but to realize what He's done in the past and that He'll do it again. There are people here today that have gone through worse things than I could even imagine. But you have said over and over, God, I know that you're faithful. And they've seen God out of that desperation and bring them to a certain point in their life now that they stand and they say, God, you've been faithful to me. God, you bless me. And I know that you've done it before and you're going to do it again. And that's why I'm confident in your promises. That's why I can begin to tell other people the story of where you brought me and God, where I'm going. The discipline of remembering. The discipline of remembering. When you read that chapter and he gets to the point of uh, talking about Moses and how he delivered the people of God through uh, the Red Sea and how he delivered them into the promised land or to the promised land. You know, it, it's kind of strange because as David was reading or writing this in the Psalms, it's kind of interesting that he's remembering something that happened over a thousand years ago. From David's life until the time of Moses, or Moses to David, was about a thousand years. And you go, you know, it's funny how David is reminding himself of something that happened that long ago to the people of God. But here's what happens when you remember something that happens even for us 2,000 years ago. 
when Jesus died on the cross for you and me? In a minute, we're going to have communion, the Lord's Supper, to remember what He's done for us. But when you think about how much that He's loved us, no, no, come on now. You've that gone to church most of your life, you, you begin to take that for granted if you're not careful. But when you begin to meditate on the love of God that He said before the foundations of the earth, He had His mind on you. There's something about becoming overwhelmed with life and looking at all the problems and, and you see how big they are. And I'm not trying to minimize them and, and say that you don't have problems. Let me tell you, we all have problems and sometimes they're big. But there's one thing that we all can agree on. Our God is bigger than any of those problems that we suffer. And it's important for us, again, to have the discipline of remembering and beginning to confess out of our mouth because we're people that God says we're different than everybody else in the world. Why? Because we believe in Him. And in believing in Him, we walk by faith and not by, you could say, not by emotion. It, there's something about feeling it that we all want to do. And, and God has given us emotions. But He, in the Word of God, has given us the ability to walk by faith and not sight. What does faith do? Faith is being sure of. Faith is being confident of the things that we hope for. Things that we do not see. So then having confidence in God brings us out of even the despair of what we're going through at the present moment. There's something about a believer that knows who he is in the Lord that has the confidence, even when they're going through the storm, to say, you know what, I might be going through the storm, but I know somebody that's with me every step of the way. And when people around you are going, why are you so confident that things are going to be okay? See, all they can say is that you just have this positive thinking. And, and let me tell you, I'm up for positive thinking. Why? Because I've seen the negative thinking. But let me tell you, it's more than just positive thinking. It's not just self-empowerment. It's the Holy Spirit that resides in the believer that says, I'm with you. In modern terms, I've got your back. Have confidence in me, God says. And we'll do this thing together called life. This morning. It says in verse 13, Oh God, your ways are holy. Is there any God as mighty as you? Is there something about when you say that, your faith begins to rise above the circumstance? Listen again. You are the God of great wonders. You demonstrate your awesome power among the nations. And by your strong arm, you redeem your people. There's something about remembering what God has done in your life. There's something about reconnecting with God during the week, not just here at church. And you begin to get alone with God and you say, God, I'm going through it. God, I know that I don't see it. And everything inside of me says, you know what, God, I don't even know how this is going to turn out. But God, I'm confessing that you're bigger than this circumstance. And my confidence is in you, not in my own abilities. In John Miller's life, I've realized the more that I worry about a situation, it's because I've put my trust in my own ability. And when I do that, 
It's because the, the, the gauge in my life that is showing red is because I became overwhelmed with whatever obstacle that's in my life. And the emotion is acting out. And most of the time when I can get by myself, let me tell you, I'm not perfect. But most of the time when I can get by myself and discipline myself to remember the things of God, I begin to encourage myself in the Lord. I begin to see things different than they were just an hour ago, two hours ago, a day ago. Oh, let me tell you, I can convince you I got problems yesterday. I can give you the reasons. But there's something about realizing what God did for me and has done for me and all the battles that He's won before in my life that I thought, ooh, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. It gives me the peace. When I think about Him coming to rescue me, to seek and to save me that was lost, boom. A theologian once said, a man doesn't feel he needs to be saved until he knows he's lost. Gwen and I took a trip, as you know, and as I told you last week, the, the excursions that we went on, and, and they're on purpose to see certain things, and, and you know, you pay for them, and you look for today, we're going to see this, and we're going to see this, and we're going to see that. And kind of the, the routine of how this plays out is you have to have a starting point. So you have to be at a certain place and then you get on a bus. And sometimes it's an hour trip to the actual location, hour and a half. And then when you get to the location, then sometimes you get off for a while and look at something and get back on the bus and you travel to another location. And that was true of the, the time that we were in Greece. And this is a little island, and, and it was beautiful. We, we got on the bus, and we went to, first of all, we went to this princess's house that was on the Mediterranean and heard all the history of it, and it was so great. We got back on the bus, and we went up to a restaurant in the, in the mountain. And it, man, let me tell you, it's overlooking the ocean. Beautiful. Got out and had lunch. Then we went to the old town of Corfu, Greece and 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 the guide she she gets out of the bus and we're all there and and she says okay we're gonna be back on the bus at 4 30. Now we're going to go down here. I'm gonna go down here and show you a statue, but if you don't want to go, meet back here at 4 30. So I said 4 30, yes, 4 30. Okay. John Miller sets two alarms because I'm not gonna be in the wrong place. So I said it, you know, 30 minutes early and then five minutes early right before, you know, we got to be back just in case that I need to walk a certain distance. And I, okay. So Gwen and I decide we're not going to go to the statue. We're just going to go into the town, do some shopping souvenirs as they usually did give you free time at the end of the excursions. And, and I remember that Gwen and I, we said, let's go over there. And we looked at a store and we shopped some. And after the store, we walked through the town square. And man, it's beautiful. And we had to kind of pinch ourselves. We're in Greece. And we're just high-fiving. And, you know, not really, but, you know. Can you see Gwen? <laughs> anyway, we'll go again. 
All right, we're moving on. So we're walking through Greece, and, and we see this fortress. And I saw all these sermon illustrations. Let's go over there. And we walked over to the, the fortress, and, and we were looking out. It's like a small city in this fort. It was awesome. And, and there's about 40 minutes before we have to get back. So I just say, hey, let's start moving that way. You know, we can be there a little early. And so Gwen and I begin to walk towards the way that we should to meet up with everybody else and get back on the bus. And so we're walking and talking and just having a great time. And we get back closer and I don't see any buses. Well, they, they must have went to get gas because it's only four o'clock. We got 30 minutes. I come up to the place that we're supposed to be and that's kind of strange because there was a lot of senior citizens on the bus and senior citizens always get there a little bit early, like me, you know, just to make sure. So I'm looking around and ask this taxi driver. I mean, he wasn't a taxi driver. He's just a man there. And he said, I said, uh, are you with Carnival? No. All right. I walked over here and a lady's sitting on, on the side and she's got on red pants and anybody that knows Carnival knows it's red and blue. So she's with, are you with Carnival? No. And she looks like this. No. <laughs> so now there's things firing in the old synapses. And I say, <clears throat> were they here? They're gone. I said, are you sure? Yeah, because everybody on that bus is number two. And just like in school, they put on all of us the number two sticker. So I'm wearing a two. <laughs> they had twos on their chest too, and the bus left. Now about right there, I'm in Greece. And this lady goes, they left like you're gone. And she says, you better run and get a taxi. So it's about from here to the coffee shop down there. And I went to run it. Gwen, Gwen! Can you see me? Now at that moment that she says, they're gone. They left you is all the sermon that I'm going to come back to in the point. Because at that moment, I'm going to come back to this because of the parallel of being thankful. So we go running and we find a taxi, and the taxi driver doesn't know English, but he could read Desperation. <laughs> Carnival? So we jump in his taxi... And we drive, and I'm serious, he, he knows, because if you've ever, you always wonder if they're in a hurry anyway, you know? But this guy was really on two wheels for us. I'm telling you, Gwen says, with that little voice, I think I see the ship pulling off.
I'm never late. I'm always prepared. What happened? So the taxi driver pulls us up to the front gate of the, the, the port. He can't go to the ship because he's not one of the buses that has the, you know, the whatever, you know, to get in. So he says, I'm sorry, this is as far as I can go. So we okay, bye. And we, we run through the, the whole, the, the whole uh, whatever it's called, the building of the... Um, it's kind of terminal. Yeah, that's good enough. That'll work. Terminal. And, and we get it. And there's only like four workers in this building, about three times, maybe four times as big as this building. Four. So it's ghost town because all the people have gone through it. And so they kind of look and they go, You better hurry. <laughs> they didn't even have to tell me. You better run. <laughs> run, Gwen, run. If there's any culture in me, it went out. All you could see is heels and arms. We come out the back of that port or that terminal, and I'm serious, it's from here at least to the coffee shop, to the ship. We begin to run in a bus, swings around, by the grace of God. And He picks us up. We're the only ones in the whole bus. We're holding on. And here we come. And it looks like, wait, there's a group of people that are getting on. We, we weren't. It was the group that we were with waiting on us getting back late to the ship. When we run off of the bus, the crew, I'm not exaggerating to make a point. I'm not they're in their Navy outfits, the, the crew, and they're yelling our room number. And that's all I hear. Because they're yelling from here to the coffee shop. As I get closer, we realize they're not speaking Greek. They're speaking our number. Yes. Okay, last passengers are here. We can leave. As we're getting on, they're pulling up the gangplank. Now, again, the more that you can put yourself in my shoes for a minute, the more you go. Oh. We're on the eighth floor of the ship. I ran up the stairs and laid on the bed. <laughs> <laughs> if you've ever been on a cruise, you know that you're in when they're going, honk, honk, and you're going, I'm glad I'm on board. Now, now, why do I say that? Let's go back to the point, and I'll make my point quick. There's a day coming that there's going to be the call of Christ that says, come on home. And I'm going to be glad to know that I put my faith in Him and not on my own understanding. Now, now watch this. There, there's something that went all over me, as you can assume, when... when the, You've been left. Sorry. Now, come on. I know that I could have got it. I had my passport. I could have got it, paid thousands of dollars to get back home for a mistake. I know that. But there's a day coming where people will say, you didn't tell me. 
this is a time where I'm talking about remembering, remembering what Jesus has done in your life. First of all, that he died for you, gave his life for you, that we could spend eternity with him. We don't want faulty information. We don't want to tell people, I didn't think you would really want to know. So this morning, I want you to see, we're going to take the Lord's Supper. And gentlemen, if you'll help us serve that at this time. Worship team, if you'll come back up. We're going to sing a song, and I want you to see it as confession out of your mouth before we take the Lord's Supper together. A confession is something that comes out of your mouth, over your tongue, that says, I'm confident in you, God. God, I'm thankful for what you did on the cross for me. God, I love you. I know that it's hard to kind of stand and and sing and hold a communion cup, but can you help me today? Would you stand with me? Would you just spend some time as our ushers begin to serve you, just thanking God? Hallelujah.